Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie, where I don't care if you have a diagnosis or you don't. I'm going to teach you how to get behind the cause of your symptoms, and I'm going to do it with those normal labs. I would be very grateful if you could simply write a review and let me know what you've learned by listening to this podcast and share it with your friends. In fact, if you write a review, I'd like to thank you for it. Head over to drkylieburton.com backslash crack your thyroid code. I have a 60 minute workshop I'd like to give you for free. All just simply because you left a review. Take a look at it and figure out why your thyroid labs are normal, yet you still have all the symptoms. Let's dive into today's episode. Here we go. Okay, so nutrigenomics expert Michelle Gottfried is here with us today. I just hit record, so I had to redo the intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, the best place to find more about how your nutrition affects your genes is found at nutritionalgenomicsinstitute.com. We'll put that in the comments and the links below. But right now, we're going to talk about should you be taking multivitamins? Do they affect your genes? What about B vitamin methylations? and MTHFR, and a whole bunch of all these myths that we think that we should just be taking and are the hot topics like the MTHFR topic. So Michelle, first off, how did you get involved in nutrition and your genes? Well, uh, I grew up with a family that was really into nutrition, but I decided to become a CPA for some reason. (laughs) And I did that for a while. And then I had kids and it's just always been a passion of mine. And so at the ripe old age of I don't know, 37, 40, I decided to go back and get my master's. So I got a master's of science in nutrition, got this certification in nutrition. And um, I was still really confused by the fact that all nutrition studies sometimes contradict each other. And what what is missing here? Why does some things work for some people and not for others? Why does keto work for some people and not for others? And I met the person that I work with now, Dr. Christy Williamson, and she started the Nutritional Genomics Institute. And she kind of helped me figure out that the piece missing is our genes because everyone's genetics are different. And it's not that just our gene SNPs are different, it's that how they're expressing are different. And how our genes express, whether they're on or off, is basically methylation, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Or epigenetics is another word that people think of. So that all that tied it all together for me. And I jumped on board, started taking classes with her for years and now that's how I practice. I, I look at people's genetics along with the functional testing to figure out exactly what's going on in their biochemistry versus somebody else's. That's way cool. I'm a big fan of yeah. labs as well. People are like, they've tried, I've tried everything and it's nothing's working. Okay, well, what do the numbers say? Well, every time I, the, my doctor takes labs, they're normal. Great. You want labs to be normal, but they might not be ideal. And when we can look at right. them through a funnel, through a different landscape, it's like, whoa, you've got this and this and this going on. No wonder why you can't function. I don't know what, I, I mean, I'll look at regular labs, but I'm a huge fan of functional medicine labs, like through Genova or stool testing or things like that. And then of course your, your genes, 23andMe or something like that. So in this day and age with all the omics, you can dig as deep into your biochemistry as you really want to. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So you said that you could switch genes on and off. Does that mean we can control our genes? Well, there are some genes we can do that with. If you have something that's more of a disease-causing variation like BRCA, you can't really change it. 
but you can affect your other risk factors for breast cancer. And there are genes like MTHFR, which you can support. So when I think of nutrigenomics, I think of things that I can support and measure, and I can see how they're working in the body. So let's take MTHFR, for example. Its role is to convert folate into methylated folate. And methylated folate then transfers a methyl group And I don't know if you've talked about methylation with your group here, but methylation is important because it's how we make hormones and protect our, the lining of our cells and does all kinds of different things. But as in everything, you can overdo it. So I I have a lot of people that come to me that are hypermethylated. So they're taking all these different methylated vitamins, B12, uh, methylated folate, things like choline, and there are other things that are methyl donors. And so in their labs, I can see that they're very hypermethylated and this can cause all kinds of issues. Now being hypomethylated is bad also, but there's a happy medium in there and taking too many methylated vitamins can actually cause issues. Just to make our listeners understand what methylation is from a very, very level, low level here. The way I explain it is when you eat B vitamins, They have to go through this process to go from an edible B vitamin into a usable B vitamin. And that process we call methylation. So when she says a methyl methyl group, if you were to dive into the chemistry and the biochemistry, it's literally a carbon H, like a CH3, right? If I'm Mm -hmm. remembering my chemistry right. So it's just this small manipulation of the very, very basic chemical composition of whatever it may be. So when we think about MTHFR, though, as you and I were talking about, people will come to you and say, I have MTHFR, like it's a disease. MTHFR is one gene in the midst of all these different cycles that are spinning and affecting each other. So it it does have a profound impact on the body, but it's not a disease. It's a SNP. And SNPs can either be wild, meaning in your gene report, they'll be green. And that kind of means that you got a good one from mom and a good one from dad, or they can be heterozygous or yellow in your gene report, meaning you got one good one from dad and one bad one from mom, or they can be red, meaning that they're both mutated. And with MTHFR, if you have a red MTHFR, then you have MTHFR. But all this means is that the enzyme is working less well. It doesn't mean it's not working at all. It just means it's working less well. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a gene, a gene is an enzyme in the body. It's making something happen. And it has a cofactor that you can support that gene with. And the cofactor for MTHFR is actually B2 or riboflavin. It's not methylated folate. So you really don't want to be taking methylated folate, which is a step above where that gene is. You want to support that gene by taking B2. Because the next step in that cycle is recycling methylated folate back to tetrahydrofolate, which is actually the usable form of folate in the body. This is getting complicated. (laughs) (laughs) But when you're moving the methylated folate through that cycle, the most important thing in that cycle is having enough B12. Otherwise, that methylated folate gets stuck. And, the, and it's called folate trapping. And so you just want to be really careful about taking a high, do, high doses of methylated folate because it may not be doing what you want it to do. And it can actually make people feel anxious. Yeah. So, so to break that down, you're saying instead of taking a methylated folate, which there are hordes and hordes of supplement companies out there saying, hey, take this if you have MTHFR or if you think you have low energy and you need more, or if you're getting B vitamin injections, take the methylated version of it. And what you're saying is there's a better way 
And that better way is take, to take B2, riboflavin. Yeah, if you need it. If but that's, it, that's right. a whole other. You got to check and make sure you need it because there's other, nothing works in isolation. So you could be taking big doses of B2 and actually affecting some other genes in that pathway. Yeah. So we, I like to look at the whole pathway, the genes, the cofactors, and you can do that through a NutraVal. I don't know if you use that, but there is functional medicine labs that allow you to look at each step. Yeah, um, and figure out exactly what's happening. Yeah, one of those or one of those is or the organic acid test, also yeah. known as the yeah. oat test, and it literally mm-hmm. breaks down every single chemistry equation from the moment your body eats food to the moment it produces ATP in the cells and where are things faltering at. It's a great test, and surprisingly, there's a lot of people who take this test. And then they get the results back and whoever ordered this test has no idea what it means. And so they never even cover the results with them. They just have this data here that's so precious and expensive, might I add, and yes. sitting there not producing anything because... I printed out, it's about 12 pages and I tossed the first three pages because it just tells you what supplements you need to take. There's a good health hefty algorithm to that test, which you have to be trained in. And you're right. It's a, it's a gold mine if you know how to read it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you guys NutraVals that you don't know what to do with, let me know because I, I love them. My favorite <laughs> You're like me where I'm like, yes, give me the blood work, please. It's like yeah. Christmas morning yeah. and we're getting labs and I come into the office and there's labs sitting on the facts. It's like, yes, what kind of answers am I going to get? Yeah. So yeah. Nutrigenomics test would be who orders it for you or who would be your person to order it? Gen- Genova? For me, yeah, Genova. I, usually... I know Genova has mm-hmm. a Nutra eval. Cool. Yeah. yeah, they have. So if we were to break some myths and facts about MTHFR generally, what's one myth that we could break? Um, well, number one, that when you have a SNP, it does not equal take this vitamin. When you have a SNP, you need to look at things around it. You have to talk with someone who knows what they're talking about and doing. A lot of people will bring me genetic reports that say, you have MTHFR, take methylated folate. You have blah, 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 take this. SNPs don't equal a disease. SNPs don't equal vitamin. business you though, right? To, it's a really good business. You know, <laughs> and, and, and they're not thinking about all the stuff that's around that SNP. So I guess the biggest myth for me is if you have temp- MTHFR, you don't necessarily need to take methylated folate. Probably actually need to support the gene and you need to go a step up in the pathway and support what's happening with that methylated folate, which is where you need B12 a lot of it. And you also need the right kind of B12. Some people don't do well with methyl groups. So you don't want to always take methylated folate. You also don't want to take cyanocobalamin, which is the most crappy multivitamins because you're making the test flash is cyanide. To nutrition in <laughs> college. Yep. Cyanocobalamin is cyanide, which is basically what's in cigarettes. So I'm a huge fan of adenosol or hydroxycobalamin, which work just as well as the methyl doesn't have the methyl group on it. There are genes you can look at to know which type. We have different transporters in the body and some people need more of one than the other. Yeah. So that's one myth. Again, that it's just, it means your enzyme's working less well. It's not a death sentence. As long as you're supporting it in other parts of the pathway, it's still going to work. Mm-hmm. It's still going to work. Yeah. We've had people say, well, I have MTHFR, so I don't detox. What do you mean you don't detox? It might be less efficient, but people have had MTHFR for millions of years, thousands of years, and it's never come on to our knowledge until recently. So it's not like so-and-so a hundred years ago didn't detox and yeah. you're you're not detoxing either. And I've had people say, well, I need to take methylated folate for the, for the rest of my life. 
you can if you'd like to, but that doesn't mean it's going to serve you to the best purpose that you're thinking well, it's serving you. Have, you have to remember that methylation means you're turning off genes. If you're hypermethylated, that means you're turning off genes. So I tell people, do you want to turn off your cancer suppressor genes? You're, you're playing God by taking methyl vitamins. You really are. You can, when you're hypermethylated, you are turning off genes. When you're hypomethylated, you're turning on genes. This is what I mean when I say turning on and off genes. So it's just, and think about this. If you're taking a multivitamin with methyl Bs in it, then you're taking your B complex, which all has methyl Bs in it. Then you're taking that gut support that you think you need, which has a bunch of methylated vitamins in it. And you're taking the detox smoothie. If I add up, if I make a spreadsheet for someone, since I used to be a CPA, and I add up all the stuff they're taking, I'm like, you're literally taking so, so much methylated stuff. And then you feel crazy and you wonder why. It's, it's, it's just dangerous to take so many different multivitamins and smoothies and green powders and blah, blah, blah. Because if we move on in the cycle of methylation, its ultimate goal is to make glutathione, which is a very important master antioxidant oh, in the body. I need to learn this because I always say glutathione is so important, but I'm not sure exactly how to make it. Well, Besides, you know, they say the coffee enemas, but I prefer not to do a coffee enema. So let's... So once we move the methylated, the methyl groups from the methylfolate over into that the next pathway, we're making homocysteine, which you can check on a lab, okay? Uh -huh. And then homocysteine makes sulfur, taurine, and glutathione. Those are its three choices. So, you know, if you have, and then there's genes involved. And if you're upregulating some of those genes, then you might be pushing down one pathway and not making the glutathione. And if you're, you know, there's just so many steps. I love drawing it out for people. Yeah. So... You need to be my physiology, my biochem professor. <laughs> I love biochemistry. And people are like, or they always ask me, well, what's functional medicine? Well, it's literally biochemistry. I'm figuring it out is. what chemical processes are happening inside your body, what's inhibiting things. And then I'm just putting yeah. the textbook to work. And I always joke about it. Yeah. If I say, if I knew I was talking about high school biology every day, I might, I might have paid more attention in, in class. But when you talk about like the Krebs cycle and the ATP and the mitochondria, and that's literally high school biology. We're just taking it, it and is. applying it into action. I can't tell you how many times a day I say, do you remember the electron transport chain that you learned about in high school? Well, we're going we're gonna to look at each one of those complexes. <laughs> Another thing. I don't want to think about the electron transport chain. Well, the first part is B1, and then there's a B3, and then the last complex needs CoQ10. So when people are taking multivitamins with CoQ10, but they're low in B1, then we're basically revving an engine that's not working correctly. So, you know, you need to look at every step. You really can't just say, well, let me take tiny doses of a bunch of stuff to protect myself. That's what a multivitamin is doing. Number one, you're not getting enough of what you need if you actually have a problem. And number two, you might be taking stuff that you actually don't need. You might be pushing the wrong pathway by taking, especially if you're taking all the powders and all that kind of stuff too. So, you know, like I said, nothing works in isolation and there is a biological impact on your body and anything you take. Sometimes it's not as a big of an impact as a drug, but there is an impact. Yeah, multivitamins. We're both not a fan of multivitamins because it's just like throwing a cascade of whatever inside the body and saying, okay, I take whatever you need. And then your pee's bright yellow. And people are always like, well, why is my pee bright yellow? It's because all the B vitamins in there that you perform. Actually, your... the bright yellow is from riboflavin. And it's, it's not a bad thing. People will tell me, well, am I peeing out 
my B vitamins? I'm like, no, that's just a byproduct of riboflavin. I like when your pee is bright yellow. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> if you need walk it. us through your thinking behind that. Cause that's, that's a new way to think about it from me, for me personally. So I'd love to hear more on that. If well, you my pee is bright yellow, what does it mean? Well, it's, it's a byproduct of riboflavin, which it's means that your thing? body's using it. It's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's, it's really not. If you don't need B2 and you're taking it, I mean, B vitamins are water soluble. You'll pee them out, but you have to remember that if it's attached to a methyl group, you're not peeing out the methyl groups. <laughs> you just have to be careful with the type of B vitamins you're taking. Niacin is a big thing now. People are taking high doses of niacin to help with aging and every other thing, but niacin depletes methyl groups. So you have to be careful there too. B3 is also the cofactor for one of our genes that converts estrogens. So if you're over, if you, if you have an upregulation in one of your CYP enzymes that converts estrogens, then you may be converting it too quickly. So you have to think about, this is why you need someone to tell you what to take <laughs> based on your own biochemistry, not, not the multivitamin company's uh, recommendation. On, on Amazon? Mm-hmm. Whatever's on Amazon. Exactly. KMTHFR, we talked about bright P. What about, we did just talk about somewhat multivitamins, but give us a couple of facts and myths about multivitamins specifically. So I find that most multivitamins have, if you're buying them from a practitioner who kind of knows what they're doing, probably will have better forms of things in it. But, you know, a lot of the ones that we buy at Costco are going to have the cyanocobalamin, which we just talked about as a cheap kind of B12. Usually they'll have folic acid. So folic acid and folate, folic acid is the synthetic version of folate. That's what we find in fortified foods and in multivitamins. And folic acid has helped with neurotube defects. It's not all bad, but we eat so much of it now. And then we have it in our multivitamins. And there's another gene that starts the whole process that we just talked about. Folic acid actually can block that gene so that then everything we just talked about doesn't work either. So, so it's like, if you have things in your multivitamin, they can actually do you more harm than good. So a lot of times multivitamins will have iron in them. Most people don't need extra iron. You should be testing hardcore if you're taking iron. A lot of times they'll have- Speaking of uh, iron, people will, hmm? you'll get the iron idea or concept in the, in the regular CBC. And if you're saying, if you're looking at like white blood cell count, red blood cell count and MCV and MCHC and all these- mm-hmm markers underneath that regular CBC panel and that's going to be low for iron anemia, but then doctors will blow right past it. And as a patient, if yeah. you're listening and you think I might have iron anemia or I might be short on iron, push, like be your advocate and make them take an iron panel. Because I, what I do is I pull okay. people's medical records and I'm shocked at how few iron panels I actually see when in their CBC, there's signs of it. And iron is required to take oxygen to every single cell in your body. So from my perspective, there's no healing that can take place if you're lacking iron, especially if you're vegetarian. Like definitely look into this. Pro-factor for making our neurotransmitters too. So, Which are serotonin, uh, dopamine, those feel good guys. And then GABA is supposed to take over your brain and help you sleep at night and stay asleep at night. And if you're lacking that... See, it's all, it's all correlated. It's well, all interconnected. That's a really good one I, I'll bring up. A lot, okay, of the multivit- a lot of the multivitamin mixes have glutamine in them. Glutamine people take for their gut health, but people don't realize that glutamine and glutamate interconvert. 
think of the word glutamate. Glutamate is basically monosodium glutamate, MSG. So if you are taking a crap ton of glutamine, it's interconverting. It can make you have too much glutamate in your body, which then needs to convert via B6 to GABA. So guess what happens if you don't have enough B6? You have a buildup of glutamate, which is not good in the body. And no GABA. So something like that. And then you don't have enough GABA, so you feel like crap. So right there, you needed to look at how much B6 you have. You needed to make sure you're not taking too much glutamine. And you can see that on NutriVal. Your glutamic acid is higher than your glutamate or glutamine, then you know you probably need some B6. So on the NutriVal, there's so many different places you can look to confirm that you actually need something that by the time you're done, I can definitively say you need this, 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 and this. And these are the reasons why versus here, take this multivitamin with 10 milligrams of something when you really need a hundred. So you're not really getting what you need. What else is in multivitamins? I've, oh, a lot of times I'll see NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine. And we need that to make glutathione, which we were talking about before. But for people who have certain genetics, that NAC will actually probably go down the wrong pathway to sulfur and make you have too much sulfur in the body versus making the glutathione. So people who have certain issues there, I'll have them take reduced glutathione versus NAC. So, you know, you want to have the right form of what you're trying to get to in the multivitamin. And usually there's, you know, I mean, I could go on. There's like, I don't know, they put molybdenum in there sometimes, which some people need because that helps you convert, convert the sulfur pathway that we were talking about. Some people don't need it. Oh, another really big one, zinc. Everything has zinc in it. Zinc's super important. And obviously we're all taking extra of it right now because of the times. But if you have too much zinc, your copper-zinc ratio is going to become unbalanced. And if you don't have enough copper, that's another cofactor for a million things. But if you have too much copper, you know, they, they compete. So, and they, with iron, same transporters too. So you have to be yeah. careful there because if you're taking formulas and getting, you know, over, I think it's about 60, 75 grams of zinc a day, you may be changing the ratio in your body. For IUDs, those play a big role with zinc, mm-hmm. stealing zinc. And then zinc is yep. important for reproductive. So a woman who has copper IUD and then they go get pregnant and their body's so deficient yeah. in zinc and now they're having a miscarriage eight months, eight weeks later, wondering why it happened, well, it easily could be just a zinc deficiency. And one of my favorite ways to determine that is if you have white lines on your nails, that's a zinc deficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're thinking, oh crap, I had the copper IUD, like relax. And we'll just need to make sure we got some the right appropriate amounts of zinc in your body. And then be sure to check your fingernails. And and like Michelle's saying, don't just jump on a horde of things or or avoid these things. I mean, these things are good, but there's a reason why I'm a fan of numbers. She's a fan of numbers because numbers never lie and they tell you exactly what you need. So one, you're saving money because you're not buying everything Amazon says or Google MD says. And then two, make sure it's a quality source. Just mm-hmm. because it's on Amazon or just because your friend sells it doesn't mean it's a quality source. You need to buy it from a reliable source. Yeah, definitely. I live out in Utah where it's a MLM country out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got doTERRA mm-hmm. oils, Jing Living, and then Liska goes on and on and on and on. I mean, there are, I would probably say 75% of the supplement world comes from Utah. It's MLM country. And every mom wants to make a little extra penny, which, you know, I don't blame them. So they sell something. They sell a product, whatever mm-hmm. status they are in this company. And it always, it always uh, makes me smile when every home is convinced that we need doTERRA oils in our home and every person is convinced that we need to take 
XYZ or methylated B vitamins or a full or, you know, this probiotic because it helped this person, but so it can help them. It's just crazy. The chaos around nutrition, not nutrition, around the supplement world. It's absolute chaos. We're almost overnutritioned because it's not, not doing anything in your body. It's doing something. So I'm just, I'm finding a lot of anxious people. And I really think a lot of times it's because they've got too much glutamate in their body and too many methyl donors, honestly, because they're taking so much stuff. Okay. So So let's talk about it. Let's finish up with this. If you're dealing with anxiety, take a look at what you're taking, which explain to us what that was that you just mentioned. Well, so there's certain people who have a gene snip uh, called COMT, C-O-M-T. It's my favorite gene. So if anybody feels like looking it up, it's, it's super fun. It breaks down dopamine and adrenaline and it needs magnesium. So if you're low in magnesium, and that's a whole nother topic we can talk about another time, but if you're eating a lot of oxalate foods, spinach and almonds, sucking out your minerals, we'll get into that another time. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> my biochemical mind just goes to the next path. You need a whiteboard. I do need a whiteboard back to anxiety. Uh, So yeah, people who have that comp gene don't do as well with methyl donors. It makes them feel anxious. Also people who have histamine issues, which you need B2 to help that pathway. So if you're always getting like the racing heart and you feel like you're having an anxiety attack, it may just be that you're eating too much histamine. Definitely look into magnesium. uh, And what was the other thing I said? Oh, the glutamate. So if you're not converting your glutamate to GABA, you might want to look at your B6 levels. P5P is a form that I like, which is the actual cofactor for the glutamate to GABA conversion. Wow. So much to think about. And there's like, whoa, now what do I even take? Like, do I trust anybody? Do I take anything? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to make it complicated. <laughs> to benefit. Just once you see the biochemistry and see it work for people, you just can't, you can't stop talking. <laughs> It's it's cool because I can't shut my mouth about just regular blood work. I'm like, you have the labs you're searching for. Like all you need to do is figure out what they really say. And when yeah. it comes to taking things, don't be like, don't be terrified that, oh crap, you know, I'm taking methylated B vitamins, but just tell yourself that I don't need this for the rest of my life. And people are shocked when they tell when I tell them, you know, I'm going to use supplements to get the job done and then you don't need them anymore. Or, hey, this is going to go in your toolkit. And you know, in five years, when something happens in your life and and the world's starting to crash down again, grab them because you know you're going to need them to prevent everything that we just fixed. So supplements, instead of using it as a a way to survive, survival mode, use them as a way to heal, reboot your systems, replenish, and then move on. Don't just take the same probiotic or the same multivitamin or heaven forbid the nature made number one pharmacist recommended commercial that they preach to you and go get the gummies. You're going to spend some money. That's the bottom line. Spend some money. Now I will say to finish up really quick, if you you can spend the time to, to look at your genetics with somebody, there are people who will need to take something possibly forever because that sniff that they have is draining that vitamin quicker than somebody else. But this is why you need to look at your labs every six to 12 months and make sure that you're repleting what you need. Cool. And people who have a 21, I forgot what it's named, 21? 23 and me. 23 and me, 23 and me. So if you have, that's a very popular, you know, go grab and check out your genes, your genes kind of thing. But then when when you get that lab test, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody talks to you about the results. They just hand you over the results. 
Well, you need to work with a company that runs like a panel, takes the raw data and puts it into a panel that then analyzes it. That's what actually what mostly what I do is I look at people's genes and panels that I've created where I can then say, and then I use the testing along with the genes to kind of come up with a full biochemical (laughs) pathway picture for the person and uh, how they, what they need to look at forever. And I know you've mentioned like you had multiple panels. Tell us a little bit more about these panels and the options you have. Sure. So we do one for diet, how you metabolize fat. This is why some people can do keto and some can't. We look at how you process protein. A lot of people have issues with processing protein. We'll have that sulfur upregulation I was talking about, or the ammonia. We look at how you metabolize caffeine. Uh, That's a huge panel. We also have a methylation panel. So if you're really interested in learning all those cycles I was talking about, if you have MTHFR, we can do that for you. We have a cardiovascular one. We have one on for athletes on exercise. And we are very different than just sending your information to a company that spits something out and sends it back to you and says, take all this. I actually look at it with you and look at the labs along with the genetics so that we can actually see what's actually happening in your body. Because again, just because you have a SNP does not mean it's turned on or off. Or life is over because you have MTHFR. Exactly. Don't just take methylated B vitamin. B2 is better. So we've cracked some MTHFR missing facts. Why is my pea bright yellow missing facts? And multivitamins missing facts. Do you have any like one golden myth or fact to share when, in closing? I personally think that most people, most people in the world need B12 and magnesium. Those are my two favorite supplements. So if you really want to take something every day, you can't, unless it's not methylated B12. Denisol, B12. I like magnesium three and eight. Those are my two favorite. They work in so many different pathways in the body. And most people, a lot of people aren't getting enough of it. A lot of people are not eating a lot of red meat anymore. Yeah. I could go on with that, but sometimes it is hard to get everything we need. Yeah. B12, you said not the methylated version and magnesium. Interesting. I like that. I like three and eight. Those are my two favorites. Um, Magnesium three and eight. Uh, crosses the blood brain barrier. So I take it before bed. I really like it a lot. You take magnesium from before bed to yeah, calm down. Brain and it's, a, it's not only a nervous system calm down, but it helps like if you're dealing with um, muscle tightness or muscle cramping, like that helps calm down the muscles as well. Do you, uh, I'm just that, thinking was, of my own, what? I'm thinking of my own kids. I've got a four-year-old. He just turned four and a 10-month-old baby. And both of them have leg cramps at night. And it's like my 10-month-old baby. I can only calm her down when I'm like literally giving her a a good muscle relaxant massage, you know, whatever time it is at night. And then my four-year-old was up multiple times last night crying because his legs hurt. What do you got for me? Well, I would use magnesium citrate for that. Um, that's some people think of it as a laxative form, but you, you can take it as a powder for kids. Like the calm, they have calm gummies or calm powder that tends to help I've tried, but relax he like it. Also, um, magnesium glycine is is attached to glycine because remember, whatever magnesium is attached to is where it's going to work in the body. That's why three and eight goes to the blood brain barrier. Malate works more with cardiovascular issues and energy. Citrate helps calm the nerves and the muscles, but it's also going to be a good laxative. So be careful with that. You don't want an explosion in the diaper <laughs> the next day. Well, she's she's floating more towards the constipation side. My son, well, he's yeah. two or three times a day, regular like heartbeat. So that might be an issue with him. Yeah. 
No, the magnesium citrate works really well for kids and constipation, much better than Miralax, in my opinion. So yeah, I agree. I'm trying to feed her like more things like prunes now that we're getting to the age where I can actually feed her something rather than just the bottle. Mm-hmm. Getting more of the the vegetables and the fruits in there when it's and it's helping. She used to scream. Right. Like she just started immediately crying and you knew she was pooping because the oh. tears would happen. And it was like every yeah. other day, every three days. So not terrible. But when right. she when it's as hard of a rock as it is and she's crying because it hurts, I know there's issues. Yep. And we've been doing the probiotics, yeah, I would trust. but it's not helping. <laughs> and I have some really good probiotics on my shelf. So sure you do. Yeah. Find get that magnesium citrate powder. See if that helps. I know I think I have some because it's called calm and it's for kids. And I think I tried mm-hmm. it, I tried it with Easton, but he didn't handle the flavor very well. But now he's older, he might he might do well. Yeah. And he's a son who like last night we're literally eating apples and peanut butter and cucumbers before bed because that's what he wanted for snack time so i'm like yes mom win right there four-year-old boy who can eat that definitely could be yeah that's a great snack that's impressive yeah well michelle thanks for joining us today now i know that can be a lot in fact biochemists geneticists in my opinion are by far some of the smartest people in the world And it would probably make a lot more sense if you had a chemistry background and she had a whiteboard and couldn't explain to you all of the past. But now you're also probably questioning, why am I taking the supplements I'm taking? It's probably messing with my chemistry. And here's the thing. Yes, if you're treating your cells, that's the route to go. But I also know from experience that when people work with these type of geneticists and nutrigenomics coaches, they're on a lot of supplements. I'm more of a fan of taking combinations that go in and get the job done and so you can move on and not take things to just survive. But if you're interested, definitely check it out. It's some phenomenal work. Very few people are as skilled and as knowledgeable as she was and I hope you guys thoroughly just sat back, enjoyed it and took in the biochemistry, the knowledge that she has, put it to use however you would like to put it to use and when you're ready, Come join us inside the HBD tribe and start healing beyond the diagnosis. I'll see you inside.